So today is a pretty big day. And while I sit on my bedroom floor to record this and think, okay, in 100 episodes, the level of technology has not gotten significantly more incredible. What I can tell you is that getting to 100 episodes of the True to You podcast is a pretty cool milestone that I'm really proud of, but I'm also very proud to share it with you because you listening in every week or downloading a bunch of episodes and binge listening, however you like to listen to this, maybe it's going to pick the kids up from school or maybe you found out that one of your friends is being interviewed on the podcast so you dive in and you start listening. However you've landed here in this podcast community, I want to say your listening makes a huge difference to the experience of making these episodes every single week and you're what's got me here. I know that I need a lot of motivation to turn up every week. I love it. I will say that though. I probably actually don't need as much motivation as what what you think because I actually really enjoy podcasting. But yeah, you, you make me want to keep turning up and there have been so many benefits to starting this as a project, which if I think back, it's kind of funny how it all began. Secretly, my husband had started a podcast maybe a month before me and I thought, oh, damn him, that's something I want to do. And so I believe he might have been away at the time and I had a coach, Rachel, and we were having a coaching conversation, a one-on-one call, and I said to her, I think I'm going to start a podcast. And it kind of came out of the blue. Although I probably, like I said, was secretly thinking I need to do this because John's done one and I can't have him uh, beat me. (laughs) Even though we're husband and wife and we're business partners, we're still very competitive. And so I said to her, I think I'm going to start this podcast. And then we had a call two weeks later and within two weeks I'd already started the podcast. And she was like, well, that was quick. And then I think in that two weeks later in that next conversation I also asked her to be on the podcast so you can go back and listen to our conversation if you want to her name's Rachel McDonald she's really really awesome coach and wonderful wonderful woman so there you have it we've reached episode 100 and there's still a ton more episodes down the pipeline I'm very excited I'm excited to dive into today's episode today's conversation is a really beautiful one but before I do I want to share a quick story about something that our creator club members are doing that is really speeding up their growth. And the reason I wanted to share this with you is because maybe it's something you might want to work on as well. And it's all around being a great decision maker. And what I've noticed is that when someone starts to increase the rate of decision making in their business, they're really stepping into that pro mentality. They're turning pro in their business. When you choose a goal, when you choose your niche, when you choose to create one powerful offer, 
everything starts to move quicker and we're seeing this time and time again and they become less reliant on others for motivation they become less reliant on someone telling them what to do and they just start making decisions and what we notice is a big thing because as a small business owner you carry a lot of stress it's all a lot of the time down to you but when you start making decisions constantly you make really powerful decisions that you also feel really good at making and they're in line with your values and all of those things it takes away a lot of stress and tension that for a lot of people before they get into create a club they've been carrying around this burden of all of these ideas things they need to change in their business processes systems pricing all of those things and then they make a few key decisions and it all compounds in a very positive way from there and I can think of a number of people who have been doing this and we're not saying you should go and do this they've been taking it on their own to make these decisions and using the frameworks that we provide them in the creator club so that they can take action with a plan they know what their next steps are going to be after they've made that decision right what I wanted to share with you next is a call to action because if this is a skill that you would like to raise to badass level badass level shall we say then I'd like to invite you to apply for creator club we are opening up applications for our November intake so you'll start in the first week of November if you click the link in the show notes that will take you to an application page you fill out the application and then we jump on a 30 minute call together we discuss your goals we discuss your strategy and your plan to reach those goals we might give you a few ideas on what you could do in order to get there and then if it's right we'll share with you a little more about how you can get started in the creator club so if you want to head to creatorclub.link or hit the link in the show notes you can submit your application now to join us in November we would love to have you we would love to help you turn pro in your small business and we'll see you inside Welcome to the True To You podcast, your go-to show for practical wisdom to build a meaningful, creative small business. You'll find content on marketing, mindset, and tons of experts who want to help you grow a thriving small business that you love. My guests are exceptionally creative women building businesses from their zone of genius, all while balancing many other roles in their life. I'm your host, Ruby Marsh. Let's do this. Shay has just been telling me that she actually has an Australian and a Kiwi connection. So, you know, we're never too far from each other (laughs) across the oceans we might be, but it's always really cool that um, we're never that, we're never that too, um, too, too far from anyone. We're always related somehow. And I think the best people come into your life and they always say, oh yeah, I've got a, a, family friend in in Australia or my husband's Australian in Shay's case so very very cool now 
Shay has a really interesting background, which I'm really excited to dive into because you have been in, in film and in television and living in LA, you're in, in the heart of that type of work. And that's what draws many people to, to being there and living there. And, and a lot of people are immersed in one or many aspects of that industry. And you also, through your business with Beauty Counter, you focus on training leaders in your in your business, which is really, really exciting because I think that that is such an important part of those types of businesses. But I would love you to take us back. Tell me how you, you ended up doing what you're doing now and coaching leaders in your coaching business alongside Beauty Counter. Yeah. How did that, how did that all evolve? And how in the world did this happen? In the, in the throes of it. (laughs) In the mix. I mean, I think Australians find us, um, (laughs) um, but I am so thankful for it. I actually studied political science. I actually studied political science, um, in college and then started working, uh, in sports just out of, out of college. And then through a connection there, fell into the entertainment industry. It is not something I ever set out to do, but like you said, I was in the area and it's part of our job culture out here. There's a lot of opportunity or there certainly was at the time. And I ended up working mostly in reality TV, almost exclusively for cooking shows. So cooking competition shows, and I worked in post-production. So it was a lot of working with teams and working with the footage that was already shot. So I was building the story. So love telling stories, love showcasing people. It was all positive. It wasn't anything negative. It was really fun to highlight these amazing chefs in their careers. And if I look back on my time there and even further back growing up, leadership had always been a part of my life Yet I was always afraid to step out. And that comes into play later on in the story, of course, as well. And I think so often we shy away from the things, or maybe we have to go through the process of becoming um, those things that we end up teaching and, and able to lift others up in those same spaces. Right. And so while I was working on a TV show, just minding my own business, I saw a friend of mine giving out samples to a skincare line. And at the time I thought, you know what, I don't know how to wash my face. Um, I should be an adult and try to wash my face every day. So I was going to you know, get some free samples from her. And with the sample, she actually shared the story and the mission of this company called beauty counter, which at the time was about a year old. And right now it's only in the U S and Canada, but it, it centers around this need for regulation for ingredients that go into our personal care products because they are very underregulated here in the U S and Canada, and it can cause a lot of harm. And there was something about this mission that just drew me right in. It connected me back to my political science and government roots. It was this huge opportunity for advocacy. And in just the short, you know, vision, it was an opportunity to make an extra income. And now I was not someone looking for a job. I had a great job. I was a producer. I had a job that a lot of people coveted. But what I didn't have was a lot of options. And this provided that for me. It gave me an outlet to have a positive influence in my community. It gave me an opportunity to lift other women up and help them start businesses. And it really has unfolded. I never thought that I would need this job full time. But as my life seasons have changed, it has been this incredible opportunity to kind of help move me to the next stage. Yeah. I'm curious to know as well, because I think, uh, we mostly probably 
technically put it under the term network marketing here in Australia and probably similar there, direct sales, network marketing, interchangeable terms. It's an area that I think some people dive into and absolutely love and they love the culture of the company. And as you said, I think for someone that's very clear on their values, they often align with specific companies because of that value match. And then there's people that are hesitant because absolutely, like, oh, this, you know, there's, there's a reputation and absolutely. Uh, there's, uh, every industry has this, mind you, but for some reason, I think, um, there's always been with network marketing. This is the only way people do it. And this is what it's going to look like. And it's very hype, hype, hype and the money and blah, 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 and the lifestyle and all of that. Tell me, were you hesitant at all? Because I think this is, this is an important part that some people might just gloss over and, and say, oh, I'm doing really well and it's full time and it's all great. But yeah. How so was that? I like? am about to hit seven years working with this company wow. and I was probably hesitant for the first, I don't know, four years of actually working with this company that I loved when I was in it, the advocacy, what they stand for, the change that we're creating in this, in this industry is huge. Yet I was still nervous to share it or to step out as a leader in this industry. And I think it's exactly what you said, the, the stigma people have had a bad experience um, we have bad experiences with clients or potential clients because they've had a bad experience with somebody else. There's this whole people part of it, right. That comes with any job, but this job is really, you're in the, in the, on the front lines, right. With people. And it wasn't until I realized that I can absolutely do it in a different way. And the market is shifting where we used to lump everything as network marketing. And, and for a reason, I absolutely get that. Um, but the business models are changing and the opportunity is different and it doesn't have to be this house party Tupperware party vibe, this, Hey girl, cold messaging vibe. And really, as I saw it and have seen for other women being able to tack this on their other parts of their business to have this other outlet has been incredible, but it took this mindset shift and stepping out and saying, we can do this differently. So it enhances our life and we don't have to be that icky. Hey girl, you know, people running away from you in the grocery store <laughs> and we can actually make a difference. Yeah, that I think that's so important. And I think there's so much room for that, right? Because there was in the last few years, especially here in Australia, probably five years, maybe more, an explosion with certain companies over here. And now, and maybe, you know, I don't necessarily believe that a market is always saturated at a certain point, but there's so many people doing it the one way, like you say, and there's real opportunity for people to potentially niche down with certain products and have a certain focus and use that product in a way that supports one person with one particular problem. And um, yeah, I think there's a lot of opportunity for innovation and really it, with network marketing as well, it comes down to your belief in the product and you probably believed in the product from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, for me, it was a no brainer because it's safer and it works. So I was like, okay. And I didn't have to, like you said, use all of the products. I didn't have to be this person that now wears makeup and does, you know, crazy things every day. Like that's not me. It's also not the women that I serve. My particular um, clientele are people like me, just, we want to take care of our skin and move on with our life. And I was at a stage where I was also having babies. So I don't want to harm them in the process. And 
I don't want to have to worry about it. And so that's why I connected with it. But we are seeing not only, you know, on our end, being able to have tools and the opportunity to change it, but we're seeing social selling all over the place. So it's not just this little community over here of network marketers. Now we see influencers, we see brands doing partnerships left, right, and center, because we connect with people as a, you know, just a human nature thing. Right. And so it's so normal to go to one of your gal pals and be like, Oh my gosh, your skin looks great. What are you using? Or your outfit or whatever it is. And it's just, some people feel more comfortable, you know, recommending a restaurant that they're not going to get paid for. And some people feel totally comfortable being like, Hey, I really like this lipstick. If you want to shop with me, great. If you don't, that's fine too. So true. So true. And I think those analogies, we kind of get stuck in, in some industries on the sales part, but really that is the essence of any sales. Now that you're moved, moving more into coaching women, I imagine you had to then take the same philosophy into that as well. And I think we forget. And sometimes we can actually really use that training in somewhere like direct sales for any next adventure that we do with our business or any other products that we go to sell. It's actually really important. And overcoming that discomfort is I think probably for me, one of the biggest challenges, but provided the biggest reward in terms of confidence. I'm not sure if, if you resonate with that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cause it feels strange. And especially in businesses that entrepreneurs have, like you are so much closer to your clients and especially for service providers, right? Because you are hoping to help them on transformations and provide them with things that really amplify their life. Right. And whether it's skincare or a business or whatever it is, and it can feel pretty heavy, right. It can feel like a big deal. Yet if you revisit again, your connection to your product that you created and why and who you're serving, that's where you can find that magic and know that it's becomes a hindrance and you can't not tell them about this, whether they choose to buy it or not is absolutely 100% their decision, but then it takes it off of you. Right. And then you don't get into that space where you feel weird or icky selling something because if you're connected and know that it can help them, it's a completely different ball game. Right. Mm. How has the last year been for you? Because I know I, I too got my feet a little bit wet in, in the network marketing a number of years ago. And so much of it was in person. And that was the best way to give a person an experience of the products by getting them on them. And I'm curious to know, because that would be similar for, for beauty counter as well. How's the last year, 18 months been, I'm sure that's come with potential for innovating. How are you, connect with people and how you share the products and have them really believe in them too. Is there anything you want to share on that and how, how that's been for you? Yeah, it has actually given me a lot of freedom to run my business online or through samples and things like that, where in my, the town that I'm in is a very busy town and my uh, clients that I get to serve um, don't really have the opportunity a lot of times to get together for say a home party or an in-person event, even if they wanted to uh, just the style and the culture out here isn't necessarily geared towards that. And yet here, I would really been these last few years tugging at, at this tension of trying to fit this mold where I saw other people having success in the version that looked like this. And so through the last 18 months, it really took that off the table. So I thought, okay, what if I did go all in with these strategies that I 
thought might work for my business and owned it and then started tweaking there versus trying to run over here to try to do this new thing that everyone's doing and then run all the way to the other side. And everyone seems to like be having success over here and really streamline my business, stay in my lane and still have room for innovation without it causing this dramatic effect or exhaustion in my business. And so it really kind of let me put in some roots, which is a little, probably a little different than some other businesses during Mm. the last year. And it's allowed you to do something really cool this year that I saw. You traveled overseas for three months. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So my husband is also in the entertainment industry. I've since retired from entertainment and he is still in it and got a job working on a film that was shooting in Greece. And I have two daughters who are one and three. And so they're not in school. And I was able to take my online business and my two girls and get on a plane and go uh, hang out with him for the, basically the whole summer. And so it was this incredible opportunity. And again, if I hadn't had done the work in the year leading up to really hone my systems and have that true flexibility that we all want as entrepreneurs, I wouldn't have been able to do it because I was in this business feeling like it was going to give me freedom at some point, someday, if I worked hard enough, if I hustled hard enough, and yet I had not prior to this last year done the work to actually create those boundaries and and really lead from a healthy space that can really allow me to pick up my computer and go at any moment. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's super cool. Plus take your family with you and Mm -hmm go somewhere cool, somewhere different. I didn't know whether you had ties to Greece and your, and your, your family, but no, it was, um, no, it was just an opportunity. And again, I got into this business for, to have more options. And I had no idea what that meant really, but I knew that that's where my heart was. And this is something that is really just not done. And to be married with young children in this industry is very hard and it can unfortunately rip families apart and, or it could, it can limit Morgan's career. And so he would have had to say no to this incredible opportunity that has already opened up new opportunities for his career and for us as a family. And this business is now in a position where it is amplifying our life again, instead of just holding us down because, you know, that doesn't really work for what we have going on over here. That's amazing, Shay. Like hearing you talk about the fact that, yes, you've been in this game for a number of years, but this is actually what's possible. And therefore taking those opportunities based on what you've put in place and really living into that dream that you had five, seven years ago when you first started using the products and you thought, oh, maybe, maybe we could do this one day. And it might have been a fleeting Right. Yeah. Right. And I had no idea what to even dream, but I will say back to your question about, you know, being nervous about the stigma. That's the only reason it's taken me long to get here. It's the mindset of what this needs to be. And so even if your intention is not to go to Greece for the summer, what if you could get that amount of time back into your life where you are right now? Right. Mm -hmm. And so that is something that really is, has been a talking point in with my coaching programs and the women that I um, have the honor of coming alongside in their business, because it really doesn't have to be this one day success. You can find success right where you are, takes a little bit of work and it's a little counterintuitive. Most people aren't excited to slow down, to build systems, to do the work on themselves, on their mind, on their heart. But 
all of that will catapult them forward. They will have exponential growth in all sorts of different ways. So if you are listening to this, I want to encourage you to, to, you know, get over that hesitation of pausing to regroup because it will take you a lot further. And the goal is to avoid burnout, to be able to continue in the work that you are excited to do. Yeah. Yeah. I think something that you're, you're starting to share there is, is this part of your business, which is leading these women. I'm assuming mostly women that you work with. Yeah. On your team. And I think it's really interesting because this is another aspect, I guess, of, of this industry that when we get into it, we don't expect that this is maybe a quality that we're going to need, but you can you can grow a team as fast or as slow as you want. But as soon as your team does start to grow and depending on how the structure of your business works, there's likely that you're going to be leading a few key people under you that are, that are going to help you build out this team together. And so it's not just you on your own, but I think that step from going you on your own, bringing people into the business to suddenly leading other people that are going to do the same and build their own teams is a big leap for a lot of women. And like they, like we said earlier, you have all the passion for the product, but then you don't necessarily going and are going into it going, I really want to be a leader and I want to have thousands of people and I want to have all of these frontline leaders that I get to look after. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think absolutely. Yes. And I think most people, to be honest, get in for the discount, right? Like they love the product. They're into the mission, sure, but they would like just really like a discount, a break on the price, right? And then they get in, they start making a little bit of money. They're like, oh, actually, this isn't that hard. It's pretty simple, straightforward. And then it kind of, like you said, kind of snowballs on them. Now they have this team, whether it's two people, one person, or they're just excited about that opportunity. And it can feel a little overwhelming because most of the women I work with describe themselves as accidental leaders. And it is just that it feels like it's an accident, but the truth is there's nothing accidental about that. If you are moving your business forward, whether it's in network marketing or not, and you are attracting people that also want the same opportunity that you are taking advantage of, you're going to be, have some sort of leadership skills, right? And the truth is it does not have to be this huge, long transformation. It is deciding to own it as a leader. And I know that that's frustrating because it's not income producing. It's not this whole big fireworks thing. It's making the decision today as you're listening to this conversation to be a leader. And it, it can feel scary because when you put yourself out there as a leader, it feels like you have to have everything put together. Like you have to now be perfect. You have to know all the answers to everything. And you've had to master the top of whatever your company looks like. And that's simply not true. And if you're talking to a friend, you know, that they're going to tell you that that's not true, right? Nobody's perfect yet. It feels like you have to be. So again, I want to encourage you to just own it as a leader in whatever you're doing right now and know that you can learn out loud. It's okay to make mistakes. And especially if you're an entrepreneur, you're going to, and that's the sign of growth in my opinion. Mm, And if you're in the right company or if you're in the right team, you're going to have people like you, Shay, that that share that same learn on the job philosophy. We don't have to go over here and do a whole degree on leadership and then come back in exactly. or, or while we're building our company and sometimes being, I hate to say it, but sometimes being thrown in the deep end, right? And suddenly yeah. having those moments where you go from a handful of people to recruiting leaders or enrolling leaders however 
we like to do sure. this. <laughs> I'm also mindful of my language there. But yeah, <laughs> bringing leaders into your business is that it doesn't have to be this uh, this big deal. It can be something that you can co-create together and you can say, hey, here's my vision. Do you want to come along for the ride? This is what I see right. for you. Right. Absolutely. And I would encourage more of that because what happens is people get into this leadership position, they get nervous. So they just try to do whatever's been done to them or for them. And there's this tone of like, we should just have everybody duplicate and replicate what we're doing. But the truth is everyone's different. And if you're in this business, there's a lot of different people, which is wonderful. It's beautiful, but we have to treat it as such. It does not have to be go and get this leadership degree, but it is paying attention to your, your style of how you run your business and your people, you know, they matter and their voice matters. So I love that idea of co-creating what's going to happen, because if you're just trying to stamp this cookie cutter thing on, you're going to get frustrated. They're going to get frustrated and worse. People think that they can't do it and then they quit and then they don't get to make any impact that they wanted to in the first place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm curious to know on that, do you draw your leadership experience? Well, you have leadership obviously within your company, but do you draw from the leaders within your company above you? Or is it, is there outside sources of inspiration that you draw on that perhaps you could share as well? Absolutely. I think looking to some of my business mentors and friends in the leadership space, is a huge asset because not only are they bringing such value and such wisdom, but they're bringing this outside perspective, which truthfully, if you get too deep into some of the network marketing training, it all starts to look the same and it starts to kind of become its own thing, which there's elements of being relatable and and knowing the business deeply. But I think anytime I can zoom out and have this bigger picture of what business looks like, what leading in a corporate structure looks like, what leading in an entrepreneurial um, business that's not network marketing, what does that look like? What's working for other people? And it's allowed me to innovate and really encourage in different ways um, that I couldn't if I was only, you know, had my blinders on to just network marketing coaches. Yeah. When did you start looking for outside mentoring for your business? I started, I think it was, let's see, fall of 2020. Is that correct? Yeah. And I found my business mentor, Grace Glaxy of the Quench Collective. She's incredible. Go to her free weekly training. She has a weekly training every single week on Friday. It's called Fill Up Your Cup. Everyone needs to go who's in business. And that's how we got connected as well. And it was really something that I was just drawn to what she was doing and had gotten so much value out of her weekly trainings. And I just was, I knew I needed something and I had the honor of being in her first mastermind cohort. And it really opened my eyes to the business of me because I'd always been in reactionary mode for my beauty counter business. And it really allowed me the opportunity to again, slow down and look at what I was doing and see if I liked how things were going. Could I continue at the pace that I was going? And the truth was I couldn't. And it took having someone from the outside encourage me to really, really, um, take stock of, of the intentions that I was putting behind my business that really allowed me to grow and go bigger than I had ever imagined I would. Wow. That's, that's a very good testimonial <laughs> to Grace's work. It is. It is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she, she truly is a unique woman and 
yes, we're, we're very lucky to know her. Some of us like yourself have actually experienced working with her. And I think absolutely, even if you're based in Australia, you can still join her Facebook group and go to those fill up your cup Fridays. There's so many amazing women on each week I'm, I'm just doing a short side plug here for yeah. that, but yeah, I, I, I dip into those trainings occasionally and there's all sorts of things. That's the cool thing is you can, you can pick and choose for what you need right now in that moment. But I know Grace has a really big emphasis in her work on systems as well as the marketing. So that's super yeah. cool. I love hearing that. And I think it takes a lot sometimes for us to be willing to say, I need some help or mm-hmm. this is not sustainable. And <laughs> she knows yeah. about non-sustainable. <laughs> and so, yes, absolutely. yeah, yeah, it's, it's not easy to ask for help, but it's amazing how in a short space of time, you, you turned your business around, around or, or moved it forward exponentially and created absolutely. those systems. And truth be told, when I first started her programs, yes, I was working with beauty counter, but I was launching another brand. It was all about simple switches for cleaner living for just kind of everyday person, because I've now been in this industry in this space for almost seven years and learned so much yet. Most people don't have seven years to learn some of these things. So I just wanted to pass that information along, started this whole other brand that has now, um, just been something that I have um, taken off the, off my plate. It's not a business that I run anymore. And so again, I thought, oh, I have to be over here. I have to run away from this network marketing thing. I have to create this other business. And it really took a lot of reflection from Grace being saying, reflecting back, but why, you know, you're sitting on this huge opportunity. What would it look like if you owned it? And so it was just another piece of the puzzle, another opportunity to practice owning what I was doing and stepping out and being saying, I'm a leader in this industry that most people, including myself had had a problem just even saying I was a part of at one point in my life. And so what I would say to someone listening is that if you are trying to own your authority as a leader in the space that you're in is that it, it will take practice and that's okay. And having people come alongside you is how you continue to move forward and grow and make that your strongest muscle, because it's so easy to default and play small. I think, especially as women, we have a tendency to already shy away from some of these leadership positions or being that person that says, I'm really good at that. I'm the expert in this. I can help you in this. I can actually help you go through a transformation and that can be scary. So we need to practice. And that's where the team, that's where the coaching, that's where the support comes alongside us to help us get there and stay there. Mm, I think as well that just simply owning that next level of growth that you want to go to. We have a difficult time saying I want to, and it's not always financial, right? But I, I, I come back to financial because it can be a sticking point for people. I want to earn X amount of dollars, or I want to grow this to this. We, we even have a hard time thinking that that's even possible. Or if I suddenly want that, what are people going to think of me? Or if I'm ambitious and I have a family, that's not okay. And I can't (laughs) step into that. So I think to your point, owning the leadership and just simply saying, this is actually the goal that I'm shooting for. And I'm really comfortable with that. And that's where I'm going. Yeah. Really difficult. Yeah. Why is it so hard to say, I want to be successful. I want to be good at this. What if I was good at this? Right. And yet it is 
in that realization and speaking that out loud, even if it's to yourself on a piece of paper, maybe it's to your partner or your family, it has a big impact because then no, everyone knows what you're working towards. It does feel real. It feels easier to get grounded. And again, revisit your why and who you're serving so that those pieces all work together and you stay so far away from the stigma that you're nervous about becoming when you're in this space, right? When you're in this, I know exactly what I want to focus on. And look, if you're just chasing a a, a one-time trip or a car or flashy something, that's not going to fulfill you. I promise you that because any milestone that you're just hitting just to hit without any purpose, without any desire behind it, there's, it's never going to satisfy you. You're going to get there. If you're hardworking enough and you have enough grit, you outlast it, you're going to get there and you're just going to want the next thing probably on the same day that you get it. So it's important to, like you said, own what you actually want this to do for your life so that it really can change your life. Mm, So 100% true. So 100% true. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing how you tick off even sometimes the smallest milestone that felt like a big deal. And then you get there and you go, oh, okay, right. This is what it feels like. But if you don't have that grounding of your why or where you're going with this and it's just these short-term goalposts it's very hard to see a sustaining business something that's really going to fulfill you for a long period of time and I imagine I imagine the millennial culture battles a lot with this I'm I'm kind of on the fringe of millennial but they're willing to change their careers a lot and there's a lot of shiny object syndrome. And I think their flexibility and their agility is something to be admired as well, but also that sustaining belief in what you're creating and saying, I'm willing to work at this to get to that point rather than just the Lamborghini or the the private jet or (laughs) whatever it is. Right. Right. And I think it looking at, like you said, what you actually want to have happen, not just the thing is what is the difference is. Right. So to have that shiny object syndrome, wanting to just shift around to combat that, you really have to look at what company that you are excited to work with, what that culture is so that you can still have that fed in your soul of being connected and aligned with a brand or company or whatever the service is so that you can stick with it through those days that are going to be harder. And I think celebrating the wins along the way will help you feel like you are moving forward. Because if you have these huge goals, you know, buying a home, saving for retirement, whatever it is, if, it, if it's in a, the financial realm, if that's what your job is supposed to be fueling, then celebrate the wins that you can build up to that. Because those are really hard things to get you out of bed in the morning because you're not going to see them right away. Right. So what are the smaller goals that you can connect to? And what are the things that are going right? Because especially if you're in the sales business, you're probably going to hear no more than you hear a yes. You're probably going to feel like you're pouring out more than you're getting filled up. So what can you do along the way to really continue to build your confidence so that you can stick in and stick with it for longer than, you know, the flash in the pan. Do you have a practice around share uh, around either acknowledging wins amongst your team or yourself celebrating wins? I do. And this one is it just kind of came up. I was trying to practice celebrating wins where I could, because I was someone who was setting these really big goals for myself. And they're ones that I can't achieve by myself. And I, that, that are bigger than myself in every capacity. And I kept missing them. And cause I'm not in control. So I was putting out all this effort and feeling like I should, I got to a point where I thought I'm going to quit this business. I've been in it for this long. I love it. I love the people and I must not be good at it. 
Yet when I started to look at what I was actually doing and starting celebrating on a weekly basis, it changed the game for me. And one of the things that I thought would be a long-term in the future goal, this might be silly to some people, but I wanted to have fresh flowers delivered to my house or, or to get fresh flowers in my home. And I'm not talking a huge landscape, you know, fancy thing, just nice flowers. I can't grow anything myself. Don't have a green thumb. And I thought this would be just a marker of success for me if I could have that. And I was gifted some for my birthday last year in November. And I I realized that this particular local florist had a subscription service. And so I was given some money for my birthday. So I thought, oh, I can get that for a few months. And it is snowballed into this thing where something happens every time. So this extent, this subscription has been extended. So every week I've gotten flowers and it dawned on me not too recently, not too far. Yeah. Very recently that I had this thing that I thought was way off in the future. I thought that would be years off, right? Cause I'm a mom of two kids. Don't spend a lot of money on myself. How could I justify this? And so I've turned it into when these flowers come every week sharing, I do share it on social media so I can help others encourage, um, the practice of celebrating every week. And it is so interesting how one, it reminds me of what is happening. I get these flowers. Oh my goodness. Two, two, that it has already been a week because time flies, especially right now when there's not a lot of markers of what's happening every day. And three, it really forces me to look at like, okay, what went well, even on the hardest weeks, look, and look, I'm running a business from home. My husband's been out of state and I've got two kids under the age of four. It's not easy. I'm not just sitting around basking in all this free time. Sometimes it's hard to find these wins. And sometimes it takes somebody else sharing their win that I realize, oh, you know what? I did that too. Or I did move my body today, or I did drink my water or I didn't. And I need to be to work on that next week. And so it's just been this fun marker that, you know, it just brings joy to my life. And it is something like, I'm just absolutely so grateful for. Oh, I love that. I love that. And that's, it's funny you say about the flowers goal, because I think I had that a while ago and maybe I'm going to bring that back into my bring it back. Yeah. Bring it back. Yeah. Yeah. And, and right now in Australia, we're actually in a, in a ongoing lockdown that doesn't feel like it has an end date and it's something like that having that delivered would actually give you a little thing to look forward to and maybe it is related to celebrating your business or maybe it's celebrating other aspects of your life but you Mm -hmm. kind of need those little things to break the monotony as well Absolutely. And last year we stayed locked down pretty intensely here in Los Angeles. And then even when um, the film industry started working again, we had to be very strict because so that Morgan can continue to work. And it be, it was the win for the week was getting these flowers. It didn't go further than that. And it doesn't have to be super deep. It doesn't have to be this huge epic win in your business. Like you said, it can just be that you got to look forward and something shifted. Right. So I encourage you to do that as well. Amazing. Let's let's shift the conversation a little towards some of the work that you do around leadership and some specific things that you can help the women listening to this with. Something that you mentioned before is finding your natural leadership style. And I think, A, I think that's a great way to put it because as, as we both acknowledged, there's often this expectation that leadership has to look a certain way. We're worried about owning the title of leader, but then actually sitting down for a second and asking yourself, what, what would an authentic, what would it look like for me to be an authentic leader? What's my natural leadership style? So 
what do you think it looks like or how do we, I guess, how do we unpack that for ourselves first? Yeah, first I would say, what, what does your gut say? What are you good at? Not just what your strength is, but what do you like doing? If you're working in this business and then now you have people on your team, chances are you've had some sort of conversations and then what makes your skin crawl? What do you just dread doing? Because chances are someone on your team might be good at that. I have almost zero design creativity. I can't make something on Canva by myself to save my life. It takes me forever. It would take me a whole day. And yet there's people on my team that can do it by the time I finish my sentence about, Hey, we should do this thing. Maybe someone could make a graphic and boom, it's there. Right. And so I lift them up. It gives them an opportunity to start taking part in the leadership role without having them have the whole weight of it on themselves. And so it's kind of training up leaders in the moment. It's using their skill to be proud of, and they can build confidence that way. And then I also don't have to do it. I have no problem running my mouth and talking. I love training. I love encouraging women. I love affirming them. I love reminding women how awesome they are. And so I love leading coaching calls. I love leading accountability spaces. And if you feel like you're not quite ready for any of it, just hold a space for them, right? Most of the time, People know what's going on in their business. They just need a spot to vent or share. And I would encourage if you're not already doing kind of a weekly meeting or even a bi-weekly meeting, if you can, to just hold a space for your people and say, hey, what worked? What didn't this week? It doesn't have to be this whole new thing because they don't always have to learn something new, but they do need to hear, yeah, I struggle with that too, or I've been there. Here's how I got about out of it. Or you're having a great week. They're not, you can lift them up, right? This is why we work in community. And I think more community leadership is helpful. Now, obviously as a leader, you can run the show, you can set some boundaries and help keep things move on. So it's an efficient use of people's time. But again, you don't have to start with knowing everything just by providing that space and stepping forward and saying, let's do this together. How do you think then, because it, there's a key ingredient to that, which is really good conversations, kind conversations, feedback that are going to help you move your leadership style forward. And those opportunities where you're meeting or whether it's even in a a message thread or something like that, if we don't have time to get on a Zoom call or in person Mm -hmm. for a meeting, how, how do you think we develop that, that critical part of it, or at least open open up the space for that to be something that we prioritize, because I don't think we can grow as leaders without, without those elements in the conversation. And it's very easy, especially as women, you know, we can default towards people pleasing. I know that I do. I like to say everything that's good about a person. And then that one little thing that I'm afraid to say, I leave right till the end and it's really awkward, but we know that if we all want to grow as leaders, that's a key ingredient. How do you foster that in your team? Right. I think that is so important to bring up because it's not something that happens overnight. You don't just all of a sudden have this amazing community where everyone feels safe sharing. It is something that can be a slow build. It doesn't always have to be a slow build, but you have to have that safe space. And so I've done it a few different ways, but one way that was just so easy to do is just ask for a four week commitment. And so it didn't have to be this huge lifelong thing. They didn't have to worry about who was in the group, who's not. It was just women that said, okay, Saturday mornings were available from this time to this time. We're going to show up. And we started with some very easy things. So everyone knew that they were going to have to share their numbers for the week in different categories. 
it was expressly communicated every single time. I said the same thing. This is not for, and no one's paying attention to anybody else's. We are, this is for our own accountability because chances are, if you didn't do any work, you're not going to do that two weeks in a row. So it, it is efficient and effective for them. Share something, a rose and a thorn, a high and a low, whatever you want to call it. So everyone knows that they're coming with a challenge, which levels the playing field. Cause myself included, I needed to share a challenge, right? And it didn't have to be this inauthentic. We all make up some dramatic story, but we kept the stories short and succinct. And everyone knew that nobody was coming to the table. Perfect. Everyone's winning. Everyone's crushing it. We don't have time for that. That's, that's smoke and mirrors. That's nonsense. And it's again, not the sign of growth. If you're not trying hard enough to have some sort of challenge. Right. And so it is staying consistent with that and staying consistent with the expectations. And if there are side conversations that come up where We've all been in those group settings where somebody just goes off the rails about this bad experience. And, and that's true for them. Like that, that might've been really traumatic for them. I just say, you know what? I'm so um, thankful that you shared that. I'm actually willing to uh, meet with you one-on-one to go through that. But for now, let's stay the course. And then people know that when they show up to these things, it's not going to always get derailed. Right. And most people have the grace to know I can't control what comes out of people's mouth before I know what they say. And that's not the point, right? It's just setting these expectations that makes people feel safe and safe enough to keep moving forward. And what I have seen with some of these groups is yes, they started with that four week commitment, but then they were willing to do another four weeks together, same group, another four weeks. Right. And then if it dissolved, it dissolved, we started over with a new group and that's been just fine. So it it gives that freedom so that they feel like they can come to it, but they're not um, overwhelmed with what's expected of them. Mm, I love that. And that's a great system for, a leader to start to practice, right, is something really simple that has a framework that has the same expectation every week to show up at a certain time and answer these questions and come prepared. That doesn't take a lot to organize, but it's one thing that will definitely move your leadership forward. Now, I know on that, something that you've touched on a couple of times in this conversation is this need for systems to support our leadership. And particularly when you worked with Grace last year, you said that a big part of that was, I'm going at this certain pace. I don't know if this is sustainable. And maybe that was what was look how uh, maybe that was what was having you look to other business opportunities because you were starting to, <laughs> to, I'm starting to spiral yeah, is what it yeah, was yeah. because it felt like there's this business that I have with the network marketing side, direct sales side that is so unknown, right? I know what my commission is, but I don't know how much I'm going to sell it. There's this opportunity in certain businesses that has this exponential growth, which is great, but you just don't know every month what's going to happen or every quarter, right? It doesn't work like that in this business, which is the beautiful thing about it. However, when you're in it all the time, it feels like what's going to come. So it felt like I was getting exhausted from this unknown. And really when I started to systemize my business and look at the trajectory of how things go just on the average day, it made a huge difference and gave me a lot of peace because then from there, once I had X, Y, and Z put into systems so that I didn't have to worry about this, these parts, the daily tasks, the repeatable tasks, repetitive tasks. Um, it allowed me more space and more time to innovate where I needed to, or to rest when I need to. And those components are so undervalued in this industry. In most industries, I would say it's the hustle. It's the grit. It's the fight through. If you don't want it more, 
you're not going to get more, right? You have to will it to happen. You just have to ask more people. And sure, there's an element of being a numbers game, but truthfully, if you're not able to rest and you don't have enough white space to innovate, you're going to plateau. You're going to get exhausted. And honestly, I think you're like me was, was headed towards burnout and quitting, which is not where we're going to be if we're ultimately trying to make an impact. Right. And where did you put some of those systems in? Was it uh, customer client management side of things? Yeah. Where, where did those yeah, systems go? It's in some of my marketing and some of the communication that I have to clients and my team members so that I am creating this consistent, authentic message that's not dependent on how I feel during the day. So for example, some of my social media, I batch it so that I can be in the right space where I'm truly thinking about who I'm serving and what I'm actually trying to help them with so that I can stay in that zone and have that consistently come across rather than it be like, well, I'm just feeling really icky today. Or I've maybe taken a step back and felt like, oh, now I'm in this like stigma, you know, mindset again, which you know, comes creeps in, you know, those imposter thoughts that creep in. And I don't want to try to serve someone out of that space. That's not helpful for them. And that's not what I want to put forward anyway. And so things like batching my content or batching um, email marketing or creating some templates for new consultants, workflows for new consultants or new clients that can offer this, this consistent service without having to physically show up every single time. And even more importantly, it's these 1% moves from, you know, I, someone shops with me for the first time, I know X, Y, and Z are going to happen and they are going to feel supported and they're going to feel good about making this decision because I want them to feel like they are, are part of something, not just a number or a sale of a hand cream. Right. And yet before I systemize some of these things, I would think, okay, I got to get to that tomorrow, but I don't have time. So I'm going to do this, do this. And it, it really drug me down because of all of the whiplash of running over here, running over here, trying to gather this and having things put together really gave me a lot of time back, which allows me to make more money elsewhere, make more progress elsewhere, or just show up and serve better because I've been able to rest. Mm, uh, so good. So good. You, you make an interesting point there because I don't know about you, but sometimes I have this little bit of a fear that if I automate parts of our business that it takes the human out of the interaction and yet we are doing so much manually Mm -hmm. (laughs) all the time we're manually sending everything and connecting and doing all of these different things or not prioritizing our our batching our content or batching our time but yet you're so right it really changes how you feel about your business and how much energy you have for it and I think the fact that you're still communicating with people it just might not be I'm sending a super personalized email every single time right well here's the thing is that it's not like I'm I purchased some robot and they're trying to make a message out of what my voice sounds like I have spent more time thinking through how I'm communicating and saying an email when someone has first shopped with me so that I know exactly how they feel. I'm in that headspace of what it's like to get my first skincare collection, not know what to do with it, but know that I really want to try it. And I know on my end, what getting those five minutes to wash my face, how that changed my life. Just taking that five minutes was a huge transformation for me. And especially now as a mom, that's sometimes all I get. So I have that I'm in that space when I'm writing that email. Right. And so that's what everyone is getting. 
And that was the best of my best, right? What they're not getting. And to your point is I was also afraid of taking the humanness out of it, but I think it's okay to take some of the humanness out of it. I want to take my bad day vibes that I've had a screaming child who's teething all day. I don't want to send that to my clients. That's the human part I'm taking out by spending this intentional time over here, crafting things that really mean a lot. And I hope really help a lot because that's the whole point, right? The point isn't like, oh, you just get whatever I have for today. And that's, you know, you, you should be so lucky that you chose to shop with me. Here it is. You know, I don't want the worst of the worst. I want the best of the best. And that is how I've found to be able to do, to do both and not be a, in a crazy space. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it, there's no right answer is there to all of this right. stuff, but I think to your point there, if you want to be doing this for a long time, you have to decide where you want to spend your time. And I think that's where some of these systems actually give you that opportunity when you do need to be creative and think through the customer journey, you've got that that juicy creative energy there because you have allowed yourself the time rather than thinking like you said whiplashing all over the place and sometimes those are the times that we we want to push aside because we don't have time for it and yet that is what's going to build the sustainable business long term right and I think there's a little bit of a difference between just this set it and forget it mindset and handholding every single person that you connect with in your business, whether it's a team member or a client, I think there's a lot of areas for opportunity in between. And so for example, what I have going out, yes, is something that's automatic that I can push play on. However, every single one has the door open to have access to me. So there is that opportunity. And to, to be honest, most people don't want to be handheld or don't need it. The people that do will reply and say, Hey, I need this or help. Can you help me make a return or this, the color was wrong or whatever. And I can be there for them and be them for their, be there for them even more efficiently because I'm not trying to assume that a hundred people need my help. Right. And they just wanted to buy some skincare and move on with their life. They didn't need a new friend. And I wanted to be friends with everybody. So I had to kind of put that buffer in, but it, it can be both, right. It doesn't have to be one or the other. Mm, that's that's a really really good point and probably is a reflection of how far along you are in your business and just seeing the same things happening time and time again and really just understanding your your customer or your team member your client or whoever they are to you really understanding them it shows Shay that you that you put a lot of thought into that and their needs and where your people are geographically, where you live, it's a fast place. You know, people have a lot going on and so respecting their time. And, and I love that. Something that you said to me right at the beginning was that you have a freebie around this systems to support your leadership. Do you want to share that very quickly with us what that is? Yes. It's just a little guide that you can easily implement three time saving systems. They are so easy to do. You do have to take a minute to actually do them, but it shows you the, how to do three different things that have really helped me in my business. And especially if you are in the direct sales space, it will be something that gives you a lot of time back because again, I don't want you running around chasing how to chat with somebody when you've sent that message a million times over 
You just don't have it put into a system where you can actually get to it. So it will allow you to have more authentic conversations by getting rid of some of just the, the stuff, the FAQs type of things that really just take more time and they don't need to. And people don't mind getting some of the facts sent to them, um, you know, not necessarily a copy and paste, but in your voice way. Yeah. So go check that out in the show notes. Yes, yes. We'll definitely link to that in the show notes. Shay, talk to us about how we can work to work with you. <laughs> how can we work with you if we are looking for someone to lead us? Do you do you work with leaders in in all sorts of network marketing businesses or is it specifically with Beauty Counter if we've got women here in Australia that are interested in connecting with you? No, it's all direct sales and network marketing. I have a huge heart for women in this industry. So many have come to try to get options and freedom, and yet it becomes this passion that then kind of starts to take over your life and every nook and cranny of your day. And I want to help women who are excited to grow, but grow in a way that they can get more time back and not just in a cliche, oh, I just want time autonomy and be at the top of my company, but really in a real way, want to make some impact and want to uh, lead well, whether that's in your own personal life or lead a team. I work with women who have one person on their team, nobody on their team and, or big teams does not matter. You can um, have the opportunity to grow and be in some of the programs that I offer. Amazing. Amazing. And what does that look like? Does that look like one-on-one or group mentoring? So it's group mentoring and um, a soon to be little sneak peek here, um, membership that is launching for women um, who also want that community element on an ongoing basis and really to have that support because we are better together. We all have so many different strengths and I want so badly to have a safe space for women to come in. It's a very, it can be a very lonely world, especially if you are excited about your network marketing company and maybe your friends and family aren't on board. And so it is both your life and business um, mixed in because this life, this business can be our life sometimes. Yes. Yes. That sounds really, really cool. And I think that's, that's a perfect opportunity for someone who wants to be surrounded by other women and potentially men doing network marketing. And sometimes like we were saying earlier, having that perspective from someone that's also not necessarily in your company, but, but mm-hmm. doing direct sales and network marketing they can maybe share with you some insights from their side that have really helped them that could actually grow your business. And yeah, being surrounded by community just makes everything so much more fun. Absolutely. I absolutely agree. And I will say too, it's not just women who only have network marketing as their job. I also have some um, clients that have multiple businesses and network marketing just happens to be one one aspect of it. So I'm familiar with all of that as well. So it really is, again, trying to make this not take up as much time in your life so that you can enjoy the benefits of it and do all the other things you want to do as well. Amazing. This has been such a insightful conversation. You are a very, very generous leader, Shay. So thank you so much for your time today and sharing all of your wisdom and insights from your own journey and some of the things that have worked and haven't worked, I think that that makes people see that that leadership is not something that comes easily to, you know, it's suddenly you're born a leader one day and everything's right. great, right. but that it is an evolution. And yeah, I really hope that people 
jump on board your membership or working with you one-on-one if they really want that support with their network marketing business you would be one of the best people to learn from for sure well thank you so much and thank you so much for having me it has been such a pleasure to be here and just really open up this conversation thank you shay thank you